Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Dang, dang! Time is on the word! Hey, six. I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner, coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well Worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. So, for today's episode, we've got Mr. Matthew Fox, Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, and Mr. Tony Dyer, at CommissionerMR on Twitter, back together. The usual Thursday gang are back after a week off. We are going to be talking about the Saturday games and some playoff stuff in this one. Make sure to give them a follow as well on Twitter. They are well worth it. Great guys in the community, always willing to help people out. And I'm telling you, just great follow. So, let's jump them in here and let's start talking about some fantasy football. Hello! 
And it's Thursday, which means we've got the crew back together again. Mr. Matthew Fox and Tony Dyer are joining me again today. I'm going to plug Matt here first, let him kind of introduce himself, because Tony's got some new stuff going on that I want him to tell the listeners about. So, Matt, how's how you been How you been the past couple days? You excited? I know little getting a little bit closer to Star Wars. Have you caught up on The Mandalorian yet? Yes, I've actually seen the episode oh, wow. seven twice now. I watched oh, one. Uh, right. I watched it once. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one behind. You're one behind. Oh man. Yes. Okay. Yeah, don't, so don't ruin please anything. Don't do it. Please don't do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler-free episode seven. It's amazing. We'll put it that way because oh, it is amazing. I'm sorry. If you want me to, I will walk away for a minute. No. So no. You're, you're good. You are good. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I. I Keep going. I didn't want to hijack the conversation, but I was afraid that I was about to, you know. No, no, I understand. It. Trust me. With with what you will see here in episode seven, I'm, I'm fine. I am glad that you interrupted us because a lot of stuff happened. So we don't want to inter. I don't want to spoil anything for you. So Matt, since you did say you caught up on Mandalorian, we'll leave it there for now. I, I am excited to talk to you next week, though, as, as I know you're going to go see. You're going to see it tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, we go at 11.50 a.m. on Friday to see uh, the episode, so I'm, I'm still pretty excited. Uh, been trying to avoid pretty much all social media because they keep posting spoiler-filled yeah. reviews or at least people's definitive opinions on the movie, which always, you know, you don't want to see too much of that. I yeah. just want to embrace it. I'm with you. I heard some people talking about it at work today, unfortunately, and they mentioned some stuff that... What they have read, and I was just kind of like, trying to cover up my ears, but there were, I've heard there's not some very flattering opinions, unfortunately. So we'll see. I've never I, bought into what the so critics think anyways. I think the, my basic takeaway from what I've seen is, depending on how you felt about uh, The Last Jedi, is yes. how you will probably feel about this one. When I was looking, because I do the Fantasy Movie League preview, so I always pull the Rotten Tomato scores. Uh-huh. The Last Jedi had a critical score of like 97 or 98%, but the audience score was in the high 40s. This yeah, one is sure. reversed. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I liked Last Jedi. I thought it was really good. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, that's my favorite Star Wars okay, movie, cool. which is what's made me somewhat apprehensive. <laughs> Well, I, I, like I said, I, I definitely text me what you think after you get out. I know you won't ruin anything for me. I'm excited. Like I said, I, I still feel like an idiot for for thinking I was buying tickets for Saturday and purchased them for Sunday. So I got a little bit of a little bit of time to go before before I get a chance to see it. But I'm definitely excited. Tony is back with us as well this week. And Tony, you just started up a new podcast that I've been listening to. I love it. I love the format. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it in our group chat. So how have you been since we last talked? And then tell all the uh, all of our audience here about your new podcast. Thanks for having me back. We had a, an equipment problem there. I apologize. That's that's on me. Um, I, yeah, the last time I was here, I was really actually, I ended up kind of sick. And it, it ended up being a food-related thing. I don't know if I've been back since then. But that was a really, really rough evening. Um, and since then I've kind of quietly on been working on a podcast, just recording into a microphone, practicing some different things. And then I put it up the other day and a couple of weeks ago, I probably started pushing it out on Twitter. I didn't know you were listening. I didn't want to, I didn't, I felt weird saying something to you guys about it. Cause that's what we do. And so I didn't want to feel like I was, you know what I'm trying to say? I didn't no, know. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so then when I finally said something, it really means a lot that you were already listening, and I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it. Uh, pointers would be great. It's a football podcast. It's it's called Huddle Up, a football podcast, and we I just talk about football. So I, I kind of take the fantasy aspect out of that. My goal is to find a way to marry it all together. I'd like to have a, a podcast that can reach out to people who don't play fantasy football, but also give some kind of information that's useful. So that's the long-term goal. I'm looking to have some guests. I've got some lined up. And I'm really kind of excited about that because it's not, again, with it not just being fantasy football, it kind of opens me up to other, to some other stuff there. So yeah. I'm interested to see where that goes. I'd love if you guys would listen to. Um, but yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I enjoy it. Uh, one of the things that I've loved most about it is uh, that you also keep it, for the most part, very short. And it's one of those podcasts that... Like those are my favorite kind and the fact that it, you know, roughly your episodes were going, at least the ones that I've all listened to are like right around 15 to 30 minutes. And, and that's perfect for like your drive to work or your drive home where sometimes on here, you know, we'll go 45 minutes to an hour because we're discussing so much and, and different stuff with the fantasy uh, aspect on it that sometimes you can't just listen to that on your drive into work where you give a lot of, uh, a lot of the, not just opinions, but information about the NFL in a short amount of time. So it gives the, the listener a lot of time to digest a lot of information. Uh, and, and I think it's awesome. I, I'm with you. I think you guys should go listen to it. Um, it is on iTunes, or at least that's where I listen to it. At. Is it in, on anything else other than iTunes? Yeah, it's on most of most of them. Um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Spotify, of course. I haven't made it to iHeart yet. I under, they say they're the biggest, but yeah, that one I, takes a while. That, it yeah. took us a while to get on iHeart too. That one's one of those things where you can apply, and then it just kind of depends on on how many listeners and all that other stuff you have i mean it, it it takes a little bit of time but i have no doubt that that you'll get there with with the episodes that i've listened to like i said i've i've really enjoyed it i'd imagine it's going to kick up real quick and if you guys are looking for it on itunes it is huddle up a football podcast you type that in nice little green uh huddle up and and i believe the football podcast part is in white easy to find I'm telling you guys, it's well worth it. Just trust me. Just download it, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff that you guys do for us. You guys will enjoy it. I promise you that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. So we got you guys on here today. We talked. Me and Matt talked a little bit about it on Tuesday. We're going to do some playoff stuff. But before that, let's jump in. We've got three games on Saturday since there is no Thursday night football game. Two games I think that might be pretty good. So we'll dive in and uh, break those down, and then we'll jump in to talk about the NFL playoffs. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm gonna hit you. Y'all not gonna be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. It's about to get ugly. I want to score. Yeah. You don't want to talk so much. It's time to do now. Not just a good old-fashioned rear end whipping. Get a house, baby. I'm in a league of my own. They ain't messing with me. Are you tired? Are you tired? Let's go. So the first game we're going to talk about is the Texans and the Buccaneers, a game that I think could could probably end up being a shootout, but I think the Texans are probably going to uh, 
I don't want to say easily win this game, but they are definitely the favorites. They're only being given three points in this one, though, uh, but they are projected. Uh, actually, Tampa Bay is projected to win by 54%, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but the Texas defense are giving up the ninth most points to running backs, 20.3 points a game, and they are the 13th worst against the wide receivers, 23.2. So we know that Godwin and Evans are both going to be out in this one. They're out the rest of the year. So how comfortable are you guys in firing up Rashad Perriman after what we saw from him last week in a uh, – you know, a, a okay matchup. It's not great. Texans just a little bit below the league average here. So what do you guys think on Perriman? Take it and run with that one, Matt. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not feeling great about them or Tampa Bay. I don't really understand why they have a 54% because the Texans went into Tennessee and had such a great game last week. And if they win this game, they outright win the South, they have it locked up. Their week 17 rematch won't even matter. So uh, Jameis Winston, you know, he's a tough one to figure because sometimes he's incredible. Sometimes he just is giving the ball away all the time. Last week he did both and somehow it worked out for him. I just, I don't have a lot of uh, confidence in the Buccaneers. They are dead last in the league in pass defense, uh, and they're going to be facing Fuller, who's getting more healthy, and DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Stills. I think the Texans are going to throw all over them. Yeah, I, I agree with the statement. I do like the idea of Richard Perryman. The other wide receivers from Tampa I'm not so sure about. Where uh, where would you rank Perriman since you since you seem to like him more than Matt? Um, do you have him like a high end wide receiver three? Do you think he's more of a flex option? How good do you think he could be this week? I mean, here's my problem. The problem with the situation is we've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both out of the lineup. Yeah. How many targets is that that are gone? A lot. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say that I think Rashad Perriman is a must start. Okay. And the only reason for that is because there are so many vacated targets. Shad Perriman is hes going to catch the ball. I mean, theres he's going to be involved. The rest of the guys, I don't know about. Maybe this is a game where O.J. Howard, you know, just pops up and has one of those good games out of yeah. necessity. But they're going to throw the ball. They have to. Like you said, I think the Texans are going to win. I think that the Texans are going to definitely be able to outshoot this injured wide receiver group. But – Perriman should be a shining light in this. I I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop him. They're middle of the run, middle of the road passing defense. Yeah, yeah. So, but the problem is that the Buccaneers have, you know, we've seen their their passing game has not been, uh, with the exception of Godwin when he was there, super consistent about hitting the same target. If Perriman's in that Mike Evans role, which has appeared to be what he was in, we saw even Mike Evans, as great as he is, have a three-touchdown week followed by an, oh, my God, is he even on the field week? And that's that's the part. The Texans are going to be able to focus all their best coverage elements on Brashad Perriman. And you could end up seeing – I mean, we we had a game a few weeks ago where Cameron Brake got 16 targets. I don't know that in a championship week, if I'm in a meaningful game, I want to rely on Brashad Perriman and – and Jameis Winston. All right, so I like that you brought that up because you you said that about them focusing all their efforts on Perriman. And, Tony, you mentioned something that I want to bring up too. 
could this be something that Howard and Brait step up? I actually think that they can because I agree with what both of you are saying. If they do focus their efforts on Perriman, then likely it's going to go to to Howard and Brait because they're not just going to give up in the game. And as you mentioned, Tampa Bay's defense is so bad against the pass, chances are Houston's going to get up big, so they're going to have to throw to get back into this game. So if you're not willing to start Perriman, are you willing to throw in Howard or Brait at your tight end position? Oh, well, yeah, I suppose I would. And it's not – see, my issue with this whole thing is that Perriman is not the same level of talent as Evans and Godwin, right. obviously. So he doesn't require extra attention. He's just a guy. He's just another guy out there. Because you have to remember, we all know they're all professional athletes. So I don't think that he is far and superior above the average defensive lineman or a linebacker or a safety. He's not so far above them that he's going to require extra if they double, if they made the mistake of giving too much attention to Perriman, yeah, Bray or Howard or some other guy that we have never talked about before yeah. is going to feast because Jameis Winston is going to throw the ball. He's throwing the ball to somebody. What about you, Matt? Well, I'm not basing my opinion on the fact I think Prashad Perriman's so great, but the fact that they're missing all their other receivers and he's coming off a game where he just went for three touchdowns. I think that's yeah. why they're going to swing whatever their best coverage people are to him and say, hey, why don't you try to beat me with Peyton Barber and God be with you. And I don't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with that. But even with that in mind, I think Perriman can have a good enough game. Maybe I shouldn't have said must start. If you have, if you have guys like Hopkins guys that you shouldn't be afraid of that maybe have had poor weeks in and out. You start those guys in the championship. I yeah. agree with your, your statement. Maybe I shouldn't have said must start. If, but if you have a question, if you have a question in your head, is it going to be Perriman or this guy? Most of the time, I think it's going to be Perriman. Well, Matt, you said something about beating you with Jones. They do have a, a plus or Barber. They have a plus plus matchup here in, in the Texans. They are one of the worst 10 defenses against the run. I know you said earlier you wouldn't trust Perriman. I would assume that means you're not trusting Jones or Barber in a critical matchup either here, even with the plus-plus matchup. I don't trust Tampa Bay in a matchup against a good team. Okay. I would assume that you go the same way on that, Tony. Oh, yeah. I'm right there, too. And, and yeah, yeah. The running back situation is one I would avoid completely. Okay. The real problem in Tampa Bay is they're one of those teams that's really hard to tell who they're going to focus and feature on from week to week. You know, even among running backs, we saw Tate Peyton Barber was listed as the starter and Ronald Jones got more carries and more action. As soon as Ronald Jones became the starter, it felt like Peyton Barber got more touchdowns, more action. But none of them is getting a, a super consistent workload. I think we've seen that with their passing game elements too. And to me, still the biggest wild card is Jameis Winston, because when Winston's on, any part of that offense could be appealing. And when he's off, you're just praying to God you didn't start any piece of that offense. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before we move on to the Texans side really quick, I just want to get uh, your guys' opinions on this, because I, I, I lean more with Tony on starting Perriman. But as for me, I would, like I said, I think he's a more wide receiver three or flex territory. So here's some of the wide receiver threes or flexes. Tell me if you'd start him over any of these guys. Curtis Samuel. Would you go Perriman or Samuel? I'd go Perriman. I would go Samuel. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, see, now you got me. 
You're just trolling us now. No, he's. Trolling. I mean, he's sitting at wide receiver thirty-one. That I'm. I'm being serious. I, I'll be honest. I'd go Perriman. Right. He has. He has a terrible Perriman. matchup, so I would take Perriman. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not trolling. I'm being dead serious. And in all honesty, I have both those guys in a championship game this weekend. I'm starting Perriman. That's good to hear. I think you're making the right decision. All right, Michael Gallup. Because that this one, and this is why I bring him up. Interesting one because tough matchup Gallup by a mile. Okay, but here's the thing: Dak Prescott's hurt. Playing with a Dak, bad, Dak bad AC shoulder. He's going to play. Well, I mean, him it's, playing him. Well, it's two okay. days in a row. Dwayne Haskins, who didn't look like he was capable of throwing a professional pass hey towards now. the Eagles secondary. Hey now, hey now. Calm Jason down. Garrett could come in and torch the Eagles secondary. Well, no. Okay, so my thing with Dak is, though, is it's an AC joint sprain. That's not an easy thing to play with as a quarterback, especially in your throwing shoulder. I mean, we saw this is exactly what James Conner had a couple weeks ago. Take one big hit and he's out. I'm not saying Dak's not going to play. He's going to be in there. But how effective is he going to be? I understand the Eagles secondary is bad. I think this is a good – this is probably the line because it would normally be Gallup. And it would normally probably be Gallup by a mile. But the, the, I do think there is some relevance to this Dak injury. Uh, I, yeah, I expect him to play because everybody says they expect him to play. But everybody has also said that this guy's hurt, and they're not being bashful about that at all. He hasn't practiced for two days. I mean, there's a like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of caught in the middle of it. There's a there's a good hit, and Dak can't finish a game. All right, yeah, that was that was kind of like the the three guys that I wanted to bring up right in that range. So it feels like one for me and Tony. It seems like two guys we'd play Paramount over Matt one and just Odell. So fair enough. Like I said, I feel like me and Tony are more on that. But I get where you're coming from, Matt. It's it is kind of hard to trust a guy like Perriman in such a critical game. And it seems like we all agree on not starting any of the running backs here for them. On the uh, Texans side, Houston's defense has been phenomenal against the run all season long. Right now, 32nd best team against the run. They're only allowing 11.6 points. Uh, so for me, you're not starting uh, Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. There's just no way you can play him. I know Hyde had a really good game last week, uh, but I think you kind of have to leave both of them on your bench this week. Do you guys both agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so I guess the big thing is they are the worst defense against the pass, as Matt was mentioning earlier. First, giving up 30.6 points to wide receivers a game. I would imagine this means Hopkins is going to have a huge game. But what about Fuller and Stills? Matt, me and you, as we've done some of the recap shows, have talked about before that when Will Fuller is healthy, he has to be in your lineup. It seems like he is healthy, so are you plugging him in your lineup this week? Yeah, I mean, I would take Fuller over any of the three receivers that you mentioned plus Perriman. I would I like him better than Stills in this because he's he's the the bomber and uh Tampa Bay, you know, yeah. Tampa Bay and Philadelphia are the yeah, ones the, you want to put play your bombers against. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. This is a cookie cutter Will Fuller game. Both wide receivers are going to be fine and Will Fuller's going to catch some bombs. I agree hundred percent. All right. Who are you guys picking to win the game, Tampa Bay or Houston? Houston. Uh, I'm a Colts fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I picked Houston too. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win it. Next up, I think is going to be a really good game and has a chance to possibly affect the AFC East. 
and the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. New England is getting six and a half points, being given the 81% chance to win this game. We'll start on New England side. The Bills defense, 21st against the running backs here with just 17.3 points a game, and 30th against the wide receivers, just 16.5. So they have been a top 10 defense here, in, or I mean just outside top 10 running backs, but top 10 in both categories here. But for me, with as bad as this Patriots offense has looked, I don't think you can trust anybody outside of White and Edelman. And even them, I find it hard to trust in a championship matchup. We'll start with you this time, Tony. What about you on the Patriots side? Are you trusting White, Edelman, or are you trusting anybody? Oh, uh, Edelman, and Edelman, yes, especially in the PPR format. And White also, same vein. And I think the Patriots are going to have to score points. So... But it, am I trusting them? I guess when you ask that question, that's I'm not excited about them. Let me say that. Right. So outside of them, Nikhil Harry has some interest because of one or two big plays and a recent touchdown. But no, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. Nothing outside of White or Edelman feels good at all. And to be honest, I would rather fade White a little bit. Okay. And it's I maybe I'm just on the wrong side of that line. I am here. I'm going to talk myself into an opposite opinion because now I'm immediately turning around and saying, the more I think about this, I do like white. <laughs> I'm rambling. Anyway. No, no, I, I, I don't think I would, that's an unfair statement. But I don't feel good about it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say about about White and why that's not an unfair statement to make is for the most part, White gets his points when the Patriots are behind. So in me saying that, do you trust playing White? I would imagine that means I am saying that I think the Buffalo Bills not only have a chance to win this game, but are going to put up points. Where we saw this game last year, or back in the beginning of the season, me and Matt talked about it earlier on the Tuesday episode. I can't remember what the score was. I think it was like 16 to 10. So neither 16 to 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So neither, neither team really put up points in that one. So I get where you're coming from on White. Uh, Matt, what, what's your take on those two for the Patriots? Um, I'd be excited about playing the Patriots defense special teams and the Bills right. defense special teams, but, um, Edelman screwed a ton of people last week because they just couldn't get him the ball. And in that 16 to 10 game, the Patriots touchdown came from the defense. Their offense did not produce a touchdown in that game. And I would not say they've gotten better since the beginning of the season. I think this might be a fantastic game to watch, but a hideous game to rely on anyone in a championship week. All right. No, go ahead, Tony. No, that's solid. I was just saying that's that's the perfect explanation. Yeah, okay, so with that being said, then do you trust anybody from the Bills? Because we know the Patriots' defense has been outstanding all year long. 31st against running backs with 11.6 points a game, 32nd against wide receivers with 13.4. So one of the best defenses against both here. I mean, Josh Allen, Singletary, and John Brown, for the most part, have carried people here. And the, the saying always is, you know, ride the horse that brought you. Well, all three of these guys have, for the most part, brought you. And all three had decent games last week as well. But if we're expecting this to be a defensive showdown, are you benching all three of these guys in your championship game? I would play Singletary. Um, I think we talked about this on Tuesday, but the last time these teams met, Frank Gore went for over 100 yards on 17 carries. I think Singletary is a good enough athlete, and they have a good enough running offense and running focus that I would play him. Allen 
is a dynamic player who's susceptible to turnovers, which was his problem the last time he played the Patriots. Uh, for me, I actually have Josh Allen in a couple of super flex leagues. In one, I took him out to play Drew Locke. In the other, I took him out and I'm playing somebody else. I do not like the matchup. I like both defenses. And if I had to pick an offensive player, Singletary, I would feel more comfortable with because I think he can get enough points on yardage but i think this is going to be a low scoring game these are two teams that are both have a ton to play for that have struggled uh at times to put up points but have some pretty fierce defense yeah i don't have anything to add to that you just absolutely nailed it all right yeah we did talk about the singletary thing earlier this week so i am with you guys on that so who are you picking to win the bills or the patriots i'll take the patriots an ugly game. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I think that uh, this could be a turning point for the AFC East. It will be, but yeah, I told if they win, and I'm not confident, but Bills win. You're absolutely right. But this is a turning point. And as you saw my picks earlier today when I sent them to you as well, that is who I am taking. I think the Bills get one here in Foxborough. If not now, win because this is their best chance. This is the. Uh, the most vulnerable we have seen the Patriots in a long, long so, time. Cor- corollary question. Yes. If the Bills win this game, they they have a decent shot at winning the AFC East. If that happens, does Sean McDermott jump a whole bunch of people to become coach of the year? No, I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I think about what the Patriots have been for 20 years. Yeah. I think <laughs> they have not lost a division title when Brady has played a full season. Yeah, That's I true. think we'll definitely have that conversation. And he will be one of the two or three coaches that we debate this. Yeah, I, I agree with the idea of what you're saying. I don't know. So, yes, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I think uh, that that will happen. If, if think- they win, we'll be talking about it. If if he wins, I think he'll be in the discussion, but I don't think he'll win it. I, I just. I mean, if you look at teams, there's really not a lot of better candidates. I mean, but for me, if if I had a vote, even if they did win, say that they win this week, win next week, and the Patriots find a way to lose to Dol- the Dolphins, which we know is possible. They seem to lose to Miami every year, mm-hmm. and, and Buffalo does end up taking the division. I, I still, ha- in my opinion, go Kyle Shanahan. What he has turned the 49ers into after two horrible years there, I think, they're eleven and three right now. I mean, I guess they could end up with the same record as the Bills, uh, but I, I would end up taking them or taking him. Sorry. And it would be Harbaugh for me. So now we're talking about Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, or now I'm now it's I'm gone. Now I've lost McDermott. McDermott. Yeah. yeah sorry. No, no. You're well, not, Pete Pete Carroll's got to be in there too because I, I mean the 49ers could end up with twelve, 12 oh, yeah. wins and being a yeah. wild card yeah, playing true. in Dallas. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm trying to say is, if they win this game, I agree with your with your thought they, that McDermott will be thrust into the conversation at least. Well, that is definitely something. I, I'm, I'm excited to have these debates as we obviously wrap up the season. We can do our, our own awards before the actual mm. NFL awards come out. Uh, speaking of Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, they play the late game Saturday night against the uh, the I almost called them the St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. San Francisco is getting 6.5 points in this one and being given the 69% chance to win the game. 
The Rams' defense are 14th against running backs, giving up 19.6 points a game, 24th against wide receivers with 19.9 points a game. That being said, I just don't know how you can trust anybody in this receiving core outside of the man, the myth, the legend, George Kittle. And for me at the running backs, Raheem Mostert has been the most consistent over the past four weeks. So he's the only guy that I am playing uh, since I believe Matt took it first in the Bills-Patriots game. Tony will go with you outside of, or even if you're not playing Kittle or Mostert, who are you trusting or who are you throwing in your fantasy championship lineup here in week uh, 16 from the 49ers? From the 49ers, it'll be George Kittle. He's a must-start, period. And anything other than that should be left to your bench. And you might look back and be really upset that you got a bunch of points on your bench, but the fact of the matter is it's a 49ers wide receiver who you could never anticipate would have that many points. So what I'm trying to say is the only reliable option, I think, is George Kittle. And Mozart's interesting, but there's still too much risk there. If we're talking about the championship, if I have no choice, then Mozart. But that's one of those like James White decisions that's, that you can, if you make it, you're not, you're not in a, you, you'd play Mozart if you have no better option, I guess. And okay. I don't know how else okay. to say it other than that. Yeah, so the last time these teams played, it was, you know, kind of a low scoring 20 to 7 game. Uh, Kittle caught 8 for 103, uh, in that game. I think he's a no brainer start, and we've just seen him. That was before he was really even coming on. That was week uh, five of the NFL season. We've seen him only get better since then. The 49ers really want to be a running team, and they tried to run a lot. They had 41 carries, um, of which 36 of those came from running backs in that game. But the leading rusher only had 45 yards and a touchdown. That would make me a little bit concerned about Mostert. They used four different running backs in that game against the Rams. The last time we saw them use a ton of running backs in the game last week against Atlanta. So uh, Mostert would be the one that I have the most confidence in among the backs. If you have to decide, like if you're rostering the San Francisco 49er backfield and you have to try to figure out which one he's probably the one I would gravitate toward right now. But you know, if you have better options uh, for championship week, I, I think that would probably be where I would lean. All right, before we move on to the uh, the Rams side real quick, did you guys see that play that George Kittle made uh, this past weekend? Uh, I, I can't remember who the cornerback was, but uh, it was a running play in the end zone, and he blocked him into the ground, and when the guy got off him, he was just like laughing his ass off. Did either one of you guys see that? Because it was, it was hilarious. No, no. Uh, you guys got to check it out. Like he, it's, a, it's a running play, and he blocks the guy so bad, and he just drives him into the ground, and the camera's like panning over him. To go over to, I can't remember who scored the touchdown, but to go over to see who scored the touchdown. And as the defender gets off George Kittle, he's literally just full, like, belly aching laugh, like holding himself laughing hysterically. It's, it's, it's a hilarious little video. Uh, on the Rams side, though, the 49ers defense right up there with the Patriots and the best in the league, giving up, uh, 12.2 points to running backs, 30th against them. 28th against wide receivers, 18.7. So they've been pretty stout uh, against running backs and wide receivers with as inconsistent as we've seen the Rams be the past couple weeks and really just 
not knowing who's going to go off. You know, Woods going for a couple weeks and struggles, and Cooper Cup comes up. We've finally seen Brandon Cooks kind of come back, uh, come back to life here last week and only had six points in that one. Todd Gurley gets less than 10 yards with two touchdowns. Are you trusting any Rams player in your championship lineup? Matt? It's tough because if you're going off of the last time these teams played, that was that uh, game where Jared Goff gave you uh, a really uh, outstanding 78 yards passing, uh, and their leading rusher was uh, Malcolm Brown because Gurley didn't play in that game. That game, um, you know, and he's had a lot more touchdown action of late, which would make you a little more interested. The 49ers defense is a little bit tough to read right now because they've had some injuries and they have been a little bit softer, especially against passing targets. You know, you think about the 46 points they gave up in a win to the Saints, but last week they ended up losing at home to the Falcons because they they could not stop Julio Jones whatsoever. I think if I had to play a Ram Probably Robert Woods is the one that I would gravitate toward, but I don't know how you can feel great about any of the Rams. They they themselves have been super inconsistent. They were great two weeks ago, and then last week in Dallas, in a must-win game, in what you assume would be a pretty decent matchup, they, they almost fundamentally didn't exist. So, uh, you know, it really is going to depend on your roster construction and and your options, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, we just, just nailed it again. I totally agree with literally everything you said and don't have anything else to add to that because you killed it. All right. Who are you picking to win this game, the 49ers or the Rams? I don't want to pick this game. Do I have to? <laughs> you do. I mean, I guess you don't have to. I'll, I will tell you, I'm picking the 49ers. That is who I picked to win the game. The but there's something about San Francisco that, I guess we're yeah. about to find out. This is we're about to find out. I guess so. I'll just keep my mouth shut and I'll what as you said. I'll ride the horse that got me there. I'll pick the 49ers, but I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's all. I'm picking the 49ers too. The real interesting game for the NFC West is going to be Week 17 when the Seahawks and the 49ers square off again. Yeah, we'll see. All right, absolutely. All right, so speaking of fantasy football playoffs, let's jump in, talk a little bit of fantasy football playoff etiquette, and then talk about the NFL playoff. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon.
So a big question I've seen going around on Twitter here the past couple days, and it actually came up in my main uh, Dynasty League, home home Dynasty League. Do you guys think it's an issue, or do you guys have any issues with the uh, Dynasty football etiquette thing in first and second place deciding to split the pot, not not throwing lineups or anything like that, just saying, hey, look, going to be a tough matchup. I don't know if I'm going to win. You don't know if you're going to win. Why don't we just split the pot down the middle so we both come away with a decent decent chunk of change? Or do you just stick with it and say, no, I'm riding it out. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. Okay. Tony, I saw you responding to one of these, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I um, I split the pot in one, one of my leagues. And to answer the question directly, there is – a hint of an issue with splitting the pot. There are rules that are agreed to at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the year. Okay. I can understand why people would say, Hey, you're, you guys are colluding. Is it, that's kind of what it is. I mean, just like colluding light, colluding 2.0. But at the same time, in my situation, it was a work league that I was never a part of the rules for. Nobody had any part of the rules. The, the, it was all just set. And that league is very fluid and people are in and out of it. I got the first place was $900 and the second place was $200. Me and the other guy both agreed that that made absolutely no sense. Right. And so basically just renegotiated, you know, first and second place dues. And then we placed a side bet on it so that the first place guy definitely won. So we still have to compete. That's the only, I guess if it was outside of that, if it was just, Hey, you want to split the pot because I'm scared? That's a little bit different. I don't, I guess it's not that different, but. To answer your question, I think for the most part, if you agree to something, you should do it. But in this, in some situations, I can understand why you would split it. And if it's all fun and games, why not? All right, Matt, do you have an opinion on this? You know, I I don't really mind it. Um, I, I think what I've seen a couple of uh, questions about this coming up is, you know, the two guys get to the championship game and one proposes, hey, do you want to do a split uh, before they even go into it? And if both parties are in agreement, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. The, the problem pitfall you could have is if both parties agree and then the person that wins decides that they don't like that agreement. I don't know how you resolve those kind of disputes but i i've i've thought the idea that splitting it is kind of a nice nod to folks our commissioner actually did uh, he got the right way when we agreed to it he immediately he immediately paid us what we agreed to right and now our side bet is between the two of us um and then there was one other thought there oh yeah it would have to be before the game start for sure and yeah. god there was one more thing you said there um Man, I've lost it. I agree. I, I agree. That's what I'm trying to say. I agree with what you're saying. Okay, so I, I'm with you guys. I, I honestly don't see an issue with it as long as it doesn't mean someone's throwing the game or anything like that. I think we all probably agree that's that's stepping over a line. But it, it actually got brought up to me. So I made – Matt, you know that I have a very – stack team in my dining you might even know too tony i know we've talked about it a couple times where i i, I kind of limped into the playoffs with this team at seven and six and i've just gotten hot uh, and, and my team has made it into the championship game right now i am projected to lose by five points which you could probably say is is almost a pick em game in fantasy you never know which way it can go i mean my mm -hmm. team has a bunch of tough matchups this week. I do have Hopkins, so I have that going for me. But Zeke's got a tough matchup. Adams got a tough matchup. Baker against the Baltimore is not a great matchup. So 
a lot of my team has bad matchups, and the guy came up to me. He's like, "Hey, what do you think about just splitting the pie? Let's just call it now." And I said, "I, I was like, give me, let me think about it." Came back to him the next day and said, "You know what? Yeah, because for me, the biggest thing is I just want to win." I really don't care that much. Like, is the money nice? Yeah, I'm already going to get triple my money back anyways, regardless of which way it goes. If I win or lose, I'm going to get my money back. So it matters more to me to win, and I'd like to get that. So why not, as I put it to someone, because they they were making a big deal about it uh, when we were talking about it at our job, and I was like, why not just take the bird in the hand kind of thing, right? Like, I already know now I'm guaranteed money, and if I lose, I'm making more money. If I win, yeah, okay, I just lost out on a little bit, but it's still not that bad. It's not like I'm losing out on thousands of dollars. I'm not, you know, I'm not playing in a high high stakes league. It's a it's a decent buy in, but it's not something where it's going to hurt me that bad if I take it. So I took the deal, and I saw a lot of people seem to disagree with it, saying no, that's not fair, and and you play to win the game. Like we're still going to play to win. You still get those bragging rights, and I still get my name yeah. on the trophy if I win. It's just taking a certain amount of money that I know I'm guaranteed to have now instead of gambling. And if that makes sense, figured out. I remember what I was going to say. Now you you helped me get there. The only reason that I could see a legitimate issue for splitting the pot is if third place gets paid and that third place payment wasn't renegotiated also. Then I could understand somebody having a legitimate issue saying, hey, wait a minute, I only got this much money because we decided there would be certain percentages for first and second. Right. I I got screwed on this deal because now you guys are getting 40-40 and I only got 20. You know okay. what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes, it I does. Think you should have won and gotten to the championship game. That was, that's what I was <laughs> going to okay. say, actually. That's fine. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I think that would be a legitimate argument against it. Outside of that, I don't know. Just, just do what you want to do. Okay, well, I'm glad you said that because part of that did come up because third place did bring that up. He's like, well, how come I don't get it? But at the same time, I was like, well, you don't know who's going to win third place. Because as Matt just said, now you're playing one other guy to get third place. And in this league, third place does get paid out. They technically get their money back. They get the buy-in back that they put in. So, and that's what they brought up. I don't see the argument there. Third place is not losing anything. It's not like you would have gotten some of that money and now you don't. It doesn't impact them at all. It's the two people at the top saying, hey, this has been a lot of fun. You want to just you know, split up what it would have been, you know, and a lot of teams pay out, you know, second place yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I just don't understand the argument from the third place. You didn't make the championship game. You're not losing anything. That's well, a hollow argument to me. The only, the only thing about it, cause I agree with you in spirit. You're absolutely right. And I feel the same way you do. But when I look at it as a commissioner of a league, I feel like that is a the legitimate argument because the, those rules were set at the start of the draft. That's the only reason is because we all divvied that up and now there's money involved and two of the three people that created getting money got to renegotiate the terms. I get, I'm just saying I agree with you in spirit, but that would be a tough one. I hope you're not the commissioner of that league. That's all. I am actually. I am. And I already paid out. I already paid me in the second place guy and told third place guy exactly what Matt said. You didn't make it to the championship round. So you can't really, if you want to negotiate with fourth place and split the money because you don't know which one of you is going to win it, go right ahead. But you're not in the championship game. So you have no say in that money. I don't disagree with the spirit. Not at all. All right. And worst comes to worst, first and second place split the pot. Third place gets voted out of the league. Okay. I'm cool with that too. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. I don't want to kick anybody out. We, we've been all in this for, for a long time. I just thought it was an interesting conversation because, like I said, it, it came up in our league, and then I saw it on Twitter as well, and I had responded to it. Tony did as well, yeah. so I, I wanted to talk about it here uh, with you guys. Now, I don't know who, who put this next question I on did. here. 
Okay, go ahead, Matt. Give us give us the context of the question and and uh, get, give it to us. We'll get Tony's answer on this or what he thinks. So basically, at the start of the playoffs, uh, somebody posted a tweet being uh, upset, saying there's nothing more frustrating than teams that didn't make the playoffs going and picking up waiver players and blocking the teams that are in the playoffs trying to compete for a championship. And a friend of mine posted that and said he couldn't disagree more, that every team should play the hardest they can all the way through to try to win the consolation bracket. I feel pretty much the opposite way that I had no qualms with that tweet because, in my opinion, you know, especially in redraft leagues, people that don't make the playoffs are really not playing for anything. You're not playing for draft picks. You're not playing for bragging rights. If you didn't make the playoffs, say, I hope you had fun, but your time is over. And uh, I just have seen a few different people uh, taking different positions on that issue. And I thought that's another kind of common one that's come up during the playoffs. What is the proper etiquette? So what do you think? I'll let you go first. I've changed directions a little on this. And when I saw the question at the time, I, I responded something like, because I want to beat as many of my friends in fantasy football as I possibly can. And I still feel that way because I have a competitive spirit. But in that same competitive spirit, the more I think about this, if I'm eliminated and have no chance of winning anything and there's no gain to win it, I really struggle with, I struggle with the idea that I shouldn't be able to make a waiver claim, but I also understand why I should not do that because with nothing to gain. Yeah. In a dynasty league or a redraft league or, I mean, sorry, in a dynasty league or a keeper league, or would there, if there are any, any effects that that claim could have in the future, then I think it's fully, I fully support that. Even if you don't make that decision. I mean, if it's a keeper league and you could pick somebody up off a waiver wire, and you can keep that guy for free next year, I fully support the decision because a lot can change with that player between now and next year, and he shouldn't be treated any differently than anybody you picked up one week prior. The other guy should have picked it up for the same reason that third place didn't get more money. You should have picked him up. But at the same time, I also understand if you're not playing to win anything, then why are you just interfering with the game? So I'm really torn on it now. Before, I was really hard hard nosed that I had no problem with it. Right. And now I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be mad at, I would be frustrated if somebody did it to me. I don't think I'd hold it against them, but I'm at the point where I'm not doing that if I'm not in the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, for me, I, I feel it's, it's, it's almost exactly what you were saying. I'm pretty, I don't want to say like take a hard stance on it, but for me, if it's redraft league and for instance, in one of mine, I got eliminated in week uh, week 12, I knew after I lost that week, I wasn't going to make it in the playoffs. I didn't stop playing, but I'm not making any more waiver moves. There's no point. I don't care if I win or lose. It's not like Constellation Bracket gets anything out of it. Like I put, I'll set my lineup and hope that I end up winning it just for fun to end the season on a high note. But I'm not picking up yeah, any players. That's, yeah. that's what it was for me, too. Is I've got a few leagues I didn't make into the playoffs, and they quickly went to the spot. I didn't stress out about it. I yeah. just made sure I had a lineup, and I moved on. But if it's anything, yeah, I still get setting lineups because, you know, I like playing out the season and, you know, you're always trying to win, even if it doesn't really matter that much. I think the question more was 
claims and that sort of thing. And, you know, I guess I could see both ways, but I, I didn't have a problem with the guy that said he, he hated it when people who were not in the playoffs went and picked up a bunch of players just to block all the playoff teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I would hate, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because in one of my, I have a redraft league that is big money and that actually rule got put in place a couple of years ago and got removed this year for one reason. And so, the reason it got brought up, Matt, is because of what you were talking about. Is there was a couple teams? I'll just use this year as an example. If you didn't have, uh, I can't remember. Is it CJ Ham? Correct? Is is uh, the the running back for the Vikings now? Boone. Mike. Boone. Okay, Boone. It's Sorry, Boone. Mike Boone. Uh, he didn't have. If he didn't have Mike Boone, which this guy does, and you're trying to get him off the waiver wire, and the guy in eleventh place that's playing in the consolation bracket picks him up because he wants to win his game, you blocked the guy in the championship game for no reason because you are not winning anything. And, and that, that happened a couple years ago, and I don't remember the exact players involved in it. That's why I'm using this example today. And it did. It caused a big stir because one of the playoff teams was like, well, I had a claim in for that guy, and if I would have gotten him, there's a chance I could have won my matchup this week. And instead, a guy who's not even playing or shouldn't be playing right now is picking players up. So we did. We ended up voting and putting in a rule that once you are eliminated from the playoffs in this redraft league, you are not allowed to make any waiver claims because you want to give the teams that are in it and have a chance to win money the best chance to win. The reason we stopped that rule this year is because it turned into a two-keeper league now where you get to keep two players. And for me, as the commissioner, I didn't even put it to a vote. I said, we're removing this rule because you, if you pick up a player off waivers at any time in the season, they now count as your 18th round pick. It is your last pick. Well, all of a sudden, that means a lot now for those last place teams. They could get a advantage, you know. Say I don't know if Perriman ever does anything, but if say some one of those guys picked up Perriman last week and he ends up becoming the one on some other team, you just got the wide receiver one on a number team as your 18th round pick because you picked him up off waivers, and that is in a way an advantage for you for being unfortunately a bad team that year. So that that would be my one line on it is that if it's any kind of dynasty or keeper like Tony said. I don't have an issue with it because that player could end up staying on your roster in the next season, and just because you're not in the playoffs this year doesn't mean that you should compromise your future, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, well, and in a lot of keeper leagues, you don't have IR slots, so there are some players that get dropped to waivers because they're not going to be able to play during that given season because of an yep. injury, but as somebody you might want to be scooping up toward the end of the season because they might be an excellent keeper for the following season. Yeah, example, that's exactly what we're talking about. Someone picked up Carrion Johnson two weeks ago because nobody else noticed yeah. that he was sitting on the waiver wire, and he picked him up, and that's going to be one of his keepers, and it's a great pick by him. He's now getting a starting running back as his 18th-round pick. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I know. I was actually mad I, at myself that I, I didn't notice it. How did you let that happen? Well, funny enough, because I can't remember who I picked up. I'm, I'm, I'm quickly trying to pull my roster up. Uh, because I can't remember. I picked up somebody. Oh, I picked up Darius Geis uh, two weeks before that. I picked up Darius Geis when there was word that he was coming back. And so I picked him up, and now he is my 16th round pick. And so I didn't even think to grab somebody else because I also have a lot. I got like Devin Singletary in the 11th round in this draft before the LaShawn McCoy news happened. So I kind of assumed I'd be keeping Singletary. And so in all honesty, I kind of stopped paying attention. Okay, I understand. All right, so we're we're almost at an hour here, so I want to run through really quick the the NFL playoff teams. Uh, I'll just go in order, and then we'll kind of see if if anybody varies or anything like that. So right now in, in the AFC, we'll start there. Baltimore, the one seed. Do both of you think that they finish as the one seed? They're getting home field throughout the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, I do too. 
All right, the two seed. This is where things are going to be interesting. It's the Patriots. The only other team that really has a shot to get up there is, well, technically the Chiefs do as well uh, because they will have a better record. So does everybody think it's the Patriots? Do you think it's the Chiefs or the Bills? Those are the only two teams, I believe, that can get to the two seed. Chiefs for me. It'll be the Patriots or the Chiefs. I'm going to say the Patriots because that's what they do. So, well, I'll say the Patriots. I don't think the Bills are going to be. Yeah, it's the Patriots or the Chiefs, but the Patriots. Okay, so if, Tony, you're going with Patriots, Matt, you're going Chiefs, why Chiefs? Uh, I mean, assume, do you do you think that the Patriots lose out both the next two games? Uh, because they only need to lose one, obviously, because the Chiefs have the tiebreaker over them. So do they lose the next two, or do they just lose one? Just lose one. Just lose one. So they still stay stay ahead of the Bills. So they that would mean the Patriots for you fall to the three seed. Tony, with you keeping the Patriots at the second seed, I assume that means you think that the Chiefs stay as the three seed. Yeah, I would assume so. Okay. Yeah. everybody. Well, the Texans have to be the fourth right unless you guys are projecting the Titans take the fourth seed. So everybody on nope. board with the Texans? Yep. Okay. We'll find out. So I don't. Okay, yeah. Let's just say yes. No, no, no. <laughs> go ahead. I'm, I'm interested to hear why. We, we've got time. Go ahead. Why? So do you – assuming – well, you did actually. You picked Tampa Bay to possibly win this game, right? Or you said you wouldn't be surprised. I picked the Texans to win the game, but I think it could be a shootout. And I – I, but – I think the Texans win this game, so I okay. think that's good enough. Yeah, if they win this game, they uh, they lock in that the AFC South, so there's no way the Titans can jump them. So right now, the Bills are pretty much locked into that fifth seed. I, I don't see anybody then jumping up over them. If they don't beat the Patriots and the Patriots don't lose, they, they pretty much fall to the five seed. Six seed is where it's interesting. Right now, the Steelers are sitting in it. The Titans have a realistic shot of jumping up in there as well. The next two teams are the Browns and the Raiders. I honestly think the Raiders are completely eliminated. I don't see a shot that they get in. They're not technically eliminated. I really honestly think the same thing about the Browns. They would need to beat Baltimore this week, beat Cincinnati. They would need uh, the Colts and the Jets to win this week. And uh can't remember whoever's playing the Titans to beat the Titans. And they would need the Titans to lose against the Texans again next week as well. So Titans are playing the Saints, so I think they actually will lose this okay. week. Okay. Well, I think the big one when I looked at it was the Jets. They need the Jets to beat the Steelers this week, which I think is yeah. it's not impossible with the way that the Jets or the Steelers offense has been, but it's not likely, I guess would be the way that I put it. I so think less likely is them beating the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to go there, but we're taking shots now. I see, so that's fine. We can keep well, I'm not trying that. to take no, a shot. I mean, they, that's an incredibly tough matchup. Oh, How many yeah, teams would be feeling good about their chances against Baltimore right now? No matter what we've thought about Baltimore throughout the season, I haven't picked them in several of the big games, but they find a way to win. And I mean, it just—it seems like sometimes the stars align for a team in a year. And Baltimore feels a little bit like that team. How many? Um, hey, just out of curiosity, yeah. how many? How many Browns players do you think are going to line up to have Lamar Jackson autograph their jerseys? And are any of them going to be any of those players that want to go to other teams? Uh, I sh- think like probably five or six of them would be my guess. Maybe eight. And I don't think anybody wants to go to other teams. They all kind of came out and squashed that yesterday. Let's not all pile on Matt here. It was I'm, a good Thursday. Okay, I'm sorry. That no, was a, no, I just want to. I just. I just did. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I know Odell's gone. Landry's gone. They're probably going to trade Miles Garrett to the Steelers next year. The whole team is blowing up. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> no, it'll be okay. Just, just Freddie. Freddie's the only problem. I mean, I don't disagree with that. He's but not I actually, the only problem. I, I, he's not the only problem. Okay, he's not the only problem. I don't. I'm I don't. Sorry. I don't think Freddie. I don't think Freddie's going to get fired. But we'll save all that stuff for for off season stuff. So. 
do you guys so is it Steelers or Titans for you those those seem to be the only two realistic shots to get that last seed so who are you guys taking Steelers or Titans Steelers because they have the tiebreaker okay well I'm gonna say Steelers now after you said that I wanted to say that the the Titans but Steelers beat the Titans so if they finish with the same record right now they're both eight and six the Titans I would assume it would take a somewhat of a miracle for them to beat New Orleans this week. Yeah. I think the Steelers probably beat the that. Jets and lose to the Ravens unless the Ravens sit everyone in Week 17. Titans, I think, if the Texans win this week, which we all expect, they may actually sit some people uh, to rest and protect a couple of their stars because they're going to be playing the Bills in the wild card round. Yeah. So it's possible the Titans win that week. But even if they both end up 9-7, and seven, the Steelers get in. Man, and so the way it's the way it's tracking, it's hard to imagine the Titans winning out and the Steelers losing, you know, more than one. You're all over it. I was I'm had bad information this morning. I said something that's wrong on my podcast this morning. Um, so the Titans, let me understand this. The Titans lost to the Steelers during the season. Did no, they? No, with the Titans Texans on the AFC South. That's what I'm going back to here. Because I was under the impression that if the Titans went out and the Texans lose one, the Titans still had a chance at the division. Is that not true? Did I have that information? No, nope. if they have the same record, the Texans have a better division record, I believe, yeah. which is a tiebreaker. Okay. So if they win this week, the best the Titans can hope for is to have the same record, which would put them in second place. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Okay. You, you you weren't wrong on what you said, Tony. What, what you were pretty much saying was the Texans would have to lose to this week. If the Texans lose to Tampa Bay, then it would come down to that matchup. On, uh, But I, I believe Tennessee would have to beat New Orleans for, for that to matter. Yeah. Tennessee has to yep. beat New Orleans and Houston. And Houston yes, yep. for- yeah, to be okay. able yeah, to So if the out. Texans lose out and the Titans win out, that's the only path for the Titans yes. to get in because then they'd have a one-game advantage record was. That's what I thought. Okay, good. Woo! Because I thought I screwed up big time on like. No, no, yeah, you, you were right. Yeah. All right. So that sets up the AFC. We'll run through the NFC. That's going to be a lot easier because it seems like a lot of these, there's really, in my opinion, the Rams, I think, have a very outside shot of getting in. But do we all think the Seahawks are going to be the number one seed? Yes. Yes. I don't. I actually think the Packers are going to take the number one seed. I think Seahawks will be the second seed, though. I do think they end up getting it, Bob, and I'm, I'm thinking the Packers. I think the Seahawks lose one game here over the next two weeks. Packers Packers end up going in. They got a nice matchup next week. Obviously, this week against the Vikings, they need the win. I think they're going to pull it off, especially without Cook there. So three seed then, everybody. Is, it's the Saints right now. Does the Saints stay? Do the Saints stay there? I yeah yeah because the the Saints uh, lose a tiebreaker to the Packers. Yes. I think they're going to all finish with the same record. So. Fine. All right, so here's the interesting one, the four seed. It, it can only be one of two teams, the Cowboys or the Eagles, and neither one can make the playoffs regardless. And it all comes down to this weekend as well. This game will determine the the likely NFC East winner. Neither one can make the playoffs if they lose this matchup. So who are you picking? Because, again, we brought it up and talked about it a little bit earlier. I was firmly on the Cowboys for the most part on this one, but this all this AC joint talk on Dak scares me a little bit. I think it could be one big hit. Not only could he get knocked out, but then you're putting in Cooper Rush. I know the Eagles are banged up, but I'm going to take the Eagles to win this matchup. So I think the Eagles get in as the NFC East champion. Who are you guys picking? I took the Eagles also, and for the same reasons. 
I am taking uh, the Dallas Amari Coopers. Oh God, you had to throw the Amari Cooper <laughs> okay. line in there too, didn't you? Just to, you know what? I when he goes for seventy-five week. touchdowns on Sunday, you're <laughs> crying into your, I will into, be crying. into your. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I will that's be crying because he's been falling down the boards every single week. He's getting closer and closer to that number ten spot, which means I'm going to win my bet. And I hope, you know what? I hope Dak gets pummeled this week and Cooper Rush comes in and he can't throw anything to Amari Cooper and then all you Amari Cooper truthers out there who said he's God's gift to fantasy football players are going to be crying yourselves to sleep all night. I'm just kidding. Dak, you're a good guy. I don't wish any bad bad ill will on you. I'm, I'm just kidding, buddy. I know Amari you're a Cooper, big fan of this 10 podcast. receptions, 200 yards, 4 touchdowns. Oh, God, if that happens, I will Number be Number one in all our hearts. I will send you a picture <laughs> of me crying if that actually happens. All right, so then that means the last two. For me, it has to be 49ers and Vikings. I, I don't see any way the Rams get in. Do you guys agree with that, or do you think? Because the Vikings would have to lose, which I do think they'll lose this week against Green Bay, but then they would have to lose next week as well, and the Rams would have to win out uh, to get in. I'm surprised nobody mentioned the 49ers earlier. I'll put them as a wild card, though. There's just, and I'm willing to be wrong about the 49ers because there's just something about them that I'm not com- completely sold on. So I would take the 49ers at five, and yeah, the Vikings at six. Yeah, I. The really hard part to believe is not that the Vikings could lose too, because I mean. Kirk Cousins is whatever the opposite of clutch is. There's a picture hey, of Kirk Cousins. Hey but it's the Rams winning out and winning in San Francisco on Saturday. I just, you know, if, if the Rams were really going to, going to pull this off and be magic, they would have looked like they had a pulse in Dallas last week. Why, why are you going to say that about my boy, Kirky Cousins, man? You know, he's actually having a very good year. Like, a lot of people are are talking bad about him this year, but he's only thrown, like, what, four or five interceptions? Like, he's he's actually having a very decent year. Uh, His only super games of consequence have been in Seattle, where he lost, and in Green Bay, where he lost. Yeah, but that Seattle game is not When he plays Green Bay again, where he loses. So, as long as you don't, as long as the game doesn't matter, he's fine. I don't know, man. I think Kirky's good. 25 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 70% completion percentage is the best in the league right now. The only the other reason that I know, but statistics, the, the metric in sports is winning. What has Kirk Cousins ever won? The guy got the largest right. contract two years ago. He couldn't even drag a team that was the like one or two seed in the NFC with Case Keenum back to the playoffs. But you can't put all I'm that sorry. on him. If you're betting on Kirk Cousins, you might as well just light your cash on fire. My thing with that is you can't – wins are not a QB stat. That's my thing. I hate when people not, – not saying like – I get where you're coming from on that, but you can't say it's all on Kirk Cousins. QB wins are – or wins are not a QB stat. You win with the all 20, or all 50 players on your roster, 53, 53 men. It's not all based on the quarterback. Has he made some bad plays in primetime games? Absolutely. But I'm pretty sure it was that Seahawks game, and there was another game that he played in primetime this year as well. That the losses were because their defense couldn't stop the other offense. Had nothing to do with him. They actually kept up in that. Great, I mean, it was thirty great to thirty-seven. QBs transcend their roster and take their teams to new heights. Russell Wilson has played with a cast of receivers that we never think anything of. The guy is the number one seed in the NFC right now with a team that many of us preseason thought would struggle to be around five hundred hey, and would not make the playoffs. 
great quarterbacks drag their teams to new levels. John Elway took some Broncos teams that had not much in the way of talent to Super Bowls in the 80s and got blown out in the Super Bowls, but he took them there. Kirk Cousins used to say that he didn't have a good coach and didn't have good players in Washington, and that was why he couldn't achieve. All of that got reversed. He had what, at the time, he was signed were two of the best receivers in football, and he took that offense last year and made it look pedestrian. They didn't even have a winning record. They didn't make the playoffs. This year, he's put up some fine numbers, and he's looked better than I thought he would have at times and i would agree that some of the criticism of him is not fair but he never wins important games he won the cowboys game important games that do any important. of us think that the cowboys with jason garrett are a great team no, the nfc but it was east a big, is an it abomination was a big game i agree with you i'm not saying that the cow but that was a big game again i, I don't know i'm I'm on the opposite if side. If he beats of this. Aaron Rodgers, if he can win a playoff game, then maybe I'll think differently. But oh, they went to, you know, they lost to the Seahawks when it was a must win game that they were fired up for. They lost to the Packers when it was a must win game and they were fired up for. They're at home to face the Packers. If they win this game, I'll, I'll give it to you and I'll get. Give all due credit because they'll likely vault to be the top of the North, and and that will be a quite an achievement. But if they get steamrolled this week, which is certainly what I'm thinking has a good possibility of happening, you know, they invested a ton of money thinking Kirk Cousins was going to be the answer, and a team that was an unfortunate play away from making the Super Bowl has not been a serious contender since. All right. Let's, Tony, you got anything you want to add on that? Nobody. I love it. All right. I appreciate you guys joining me today. If you guys are in any championship matchups, um, I'm hoping for your success. I hope you're able to pull off the wins and you split the money or don't split the money, whichever you prefer. <laughs> um, but I hope you guys enjoy the, uh, the great weekend of football we have ahead of us. I hope you, Tony, are you a big Star Wars fan? Are you going to go see it this weekend? I won't be able to see it this weekend, but I'll get it in. I promise. All right. Well, enjoy Mandalorian Episode 7 If whenever you get a chance to watch it. Matt, enjoy Thank the movie you. tomorrow. I can't wait to, to hear what you think about it, and you guys enjoy your weekends. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Awesome. Talk to you next week. Good luck to everybody in their championship games. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone! Touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.